0: Chapter Six of the Life of Jesse Harding Pomeroy by E. Luscom Haskell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The trial results in the conviction of Pomeroy of murder in the first degree. As would naturally be expected, there was a large number of witnesses examined during the trial. The statements made by the district attorney in his opening argument were corroborated by witnesses so that, notwithstanding the admissions made by counsel for the defense, the government presented to the jury its case in full. The defense did not attempt to show that Pomeroy was not the person who had brutally murdered the Millen boy, but endeavored to show that the defendant was not responsible for his acts as indicated in the able argument of mr robinson given in the preceding chapter perhaps the most interesting witness was mrs pomeroy the mother of the prisoner who testified that the defendant was born on november twenty ninth eighteen fifty nine in charlestown she stated that three or four months after his birth he had a disease of the skin and that there was an ulcer on one of his eyes She said he had strange dreams, which he honestly believed were actual facts. He attended a Sunday school at a mission in Charlestown, presided over by Reverend Mr. Barnard. She said that Jesse often read the scriptures to her. She stated that Jesse had been an inmate of the Reform School, and that she worked hard to get him released. She was very glad when it was accomplished. She said Jesse was a bright scholar among the other witnesses who testified were the police who were interested in the arrest of Pomeroy and medical experts on the subject of insanity as there always has been and doubtless always will be a decided difference of opinion on the question of insanity in criminal trials especially. I have omitted giving a lengthy report of such testimony in this case. When one considers the fact that not a few medical men of repute believe that crime of all grades is the result of insanity, it can be readily seen that there was not wanting in Pomeroy's case evidence tending to show that he was not responsible for his acts. The evidence being all in, then came the closing arguments. Mr. Robinson spoke for the prisoner, claiming that insanity had been proven. Honorable Charles R. Train, Attorney General of Massachusetts, made the argument for the government, stating that their case had been made out in every particular. Chief Justice Gray delivered the charge to the jury. When the jury returned, the foreman stated, in answer to the customary questions, that a verdict had been agreed upon, and that the prisoner had been found guilty of murder in the first degree. Jesse was apparently unmoved when he heard the foreman announce the verdict. Chief Justice Gray stated that he had received two documents from the jury, one recounting the atrocity of the crime, and the other recommending that the sentence be commuted to life imprisonment exceptions were filed by mr robinson and argued by him they were opposed by attorney general train the exceptions were that pomeroy was insane and that certain medical witnesses had not been allowed to be fully heard the court took the matter under consideration the court finally overruled the exceptions Counsel for the condemned boy did not stop in his efforts to save him from death upon the scaffold. Mr. Robinson said, "'I must save the life of that boy.'" There was no doubt that he firmly believed that Pomeroy was insane. The next step taken in behalf of the condemned was an appeal to His Excellency, the Governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Honorable William Gaston occupied that position at the time. The last of March, eighteen seventy five, a hearing was held before the Governor and Council. Mr. Robinson asked that the sentence of death be commuted to imprisonment for life. The prosecution was strongly opposed to such action and called for the execution of Pomeroy in accordance with law. No definite action was taken by the Governor and Council at the time. Interest in Pomeroy continued unabated and resulted in a public hearing being called before the Governor and Council. This meeting was held about the middle of April, 1875. Governor Gaston and the full Council were present. A numerously signed petition was presented asking that executive clemency be extended to Pomeroy. The petitioners were represented by Honorable Charles Robinson, Jr., and Rev. W. H. H. Murray. The remonstrants were represented by Mr. Paul West. Dr. Norton Folsom, superintendent of the Massachusetts Hospital, and Dr. Walker, superintendent of the South Boston Insane Asylum, STATED THAT THEY BELIEVED THAT POMEROY WAS MORALLY AND MENTALLY INSANE. JUDGE DWIGHT FOSTER EXPRESSED THE OPINION THAT THE WRETCHED BOY SHOULD BE KEPT IN CLOSE CONFINEMENT FOR LIFE. HE CAME INTO THIS WORLD, SAID THE JUDGE, WITH A PROPENSITY TO COMMIT TERRIBLE ACTS, AND HE SHOULD NOT BE PUT OUT OF IT BY THE GRAVEST ACT OF LAW. Judge Thomas said the boy was born with a congenital weakness and was not morally responsible for his acts. He also said that Pomeroy was a dangerous person and should not be at large. Reverend Mr. Murray strongly urged the granting of the request of the petitioners. Mr. West presented a petition in opposition to a commutation of sentence. COLONEL HENRY H. WILSON SPOKE IN BEHALF OF THE LADIES WHO HAD SIGNED THE REMONSTRANCE. HE SAID, I SEE NOTHING THAT CALLS FOR MERCY IN THIS CASE, BUT ONLY A PILING UP OF BARBAROUS CRIMES, WHICH SHOULD NOT BE MISTAKEN FOR SYMPTOMS OF INSANITY. MR. ROBINSON CLOSED THE HEARING, SPEAKING AT LENGTH ON THE MENTAL CONDITION OF HIS CLIENT the governor and council again took the subject under consideration. Meanwhile, Pomeroy remained an inmate of the Charles Street Jail in Boston. The governor would not issue the death warrant and, consequently, the execution could not take place. The much-discussed question of what to do with the murderer remained undecided until September 2, 1876, when Governor Rice... Who had succeeded Governor Gaston, and his counsel, by a vote of six to three, commuted Pomeroy's sentence to close confinement for life in the Massachusetts State Prison. This was the first and only vote taken by the counsel. The reason given by the majority for their action was the recommendation of the Pomeroy jury. Soon after decided action had been taken in this case, The law was changed in regard to executions in Massachusetts, making it obligatory upon the court, and not the governor, to set the time of death of a condemned criminal. There was more or less feeling concerning the action of Governor Rice and counsel in regard to Pomeroy. Why should Governor Rice hang Pomeroy when Governor Gaston would not do it, was asked by Governor Rice's friends of those opposed to the commutation of the sentence of the boy fiend. The editor of the South Boston Enquirer expressed the feelings of many residents of that section when he wrote, "'The community is disappointed with the result, and we presume the whole state will be. There is no safety for the people while such a monster lives, even if he is confined. Escape is possible.' Pardon is probable in a few years. It is well the charge of murder of Katie Curran still remains as a final resort in case he is pardoned. Pomeroy entered the prison soon after the commutation of his sentence. End of chapter 6